that you're able to work out all of that difficulty together that mm. you can't in, say, basketball and football where you're mm. not allowed to foul or hit yep. other people. Yep. Maybe we need to have a big melee between all the actors. Chookers! <laughs> oh, that was pretty corny, but I want to try. I, I want to try to be entertaining as much as. Possible. I don't think we need to be entertaining. I At think all? we need to be truthful. Okay, lovely. Um, I'm James. I'm Neil, uh, and we're starting a podcast mm -hmm. where we interview creatives in uh, Sydney and wish them chookers. Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, hopefully we can interview people not just in Sydney, you know, like oh. around the world. But Sydney, let's start off with Sydney. We're, we're going we're gonna to interview people from around the galaxy, around limiting the ourselves just to the Milky Way. Well, we could get people from, you know, wherever to come past and uh, have a chat. You know, that'd be great. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love that. And so our goal mm -hmm. is to um, increase the awareness mm -hmm. of artists um, and to wish them well, mm -hmm. but also to uh, learn from them, yeah. you know, um, and uh, see how they came to where they are on their artistic journey. Mm -hmm. So I guess in this first episode, my first question, I want to ask you, Neil, mm -hmm. what was your artistic journey up until this point? Um, <coughs> well, mine started quite late. So uh, late 20s, um, I got a... I studied university, so I did a commerce degree, uh, like <laughs> most Indians. And then, um, like, I, I started, I just did a degree because, like, I guess my parents wanted me to have a degree, so I ended up doing a degree. And then um, I was just working and I was going for interviews, and I realized that I was, you know, not very good at interviews, you know, low self confidence, you know. And uh, so a friend of mine said, why don't you do this uh, six weeks course in um, this place in Canberra called the Canberra Academy of Dramatic Arts. But I think now it's called uh, Performing, uh, Performing Australia Performing. I got, I got to look it up. Um, it's, it's, it's in Canberra. Anyway, so it's a six weeks course and I did that. And, and basically from there, um, I auditioned for plays and short, short films and... Um, why did you audition for plays after that? Like, did that sorry spark? during sorry during during? Oh, during. so did that spark something? Well, yeah, because like we were we were push not push, but we were encouraged to go and at the time. Um, um, do you remember? Sh do you remember short uh, short and sweet? Oh yeah, of course. They, they do it every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I, I I auditioned for short and sweet. Oh, and uh, that's sort of where it began. And I, I did my first two plays in front of live audience and and a first audition and I was like wow this is fuck this is terrifying yeah <laughs> it's terrifying yeah. sitting on the wings you know like before coming on and um and I'm sweating out and I'm finishing 
like liters of water <laughs> <just> chugging <laughs> it down. So and then I go on stage and the lights come on and for some reason the gods or whatever there is there put the words back into my mouth and all of a sudden I'm performing. Great, you know? great. So, but then of course, you know, that's uh, that's a small part of why I, I, I continued on the journey. The big part is that I love the people who are in their community. Mm. And um, so I said, you know, I, 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 would, I would like to go and um, continue on with this, you know. And uh, mm. so um, the, uh, the lady who was, um, I guess, administrating Short and Sweet that year was um, um, uh, Kate Gould. Really? Remember Kate Gould? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, and I did I did a uh, little course with her as well, and and she, oh, I love I love the way she directed, and, and she taught me a lot. And um, so I basically asked her, look, I, I, I'm 27 now, um, and um, do you think it'd be too late for me to go into this sort of different field? And she said, look, why don't you just go and apply for these theatre schools in Sydney and uh, see how you go? And um, I didn't even know about NIDA. You know, and so I just auditioned for these um, schools and I ended up getting a tour of them. And I, and I just chose this uh, institution called the Australian Institute of Music. Mm. Um, and just because, you know, they were helping out with the fees, the fee help. Mm. And I just went there and they had a pretty alright course. And uh, I just went there and two, three years later, I had a degree and um, just, I mean, of course, I did a few other things, did fil- short films and some plays and stuff. But, that's my basically my my um I guess uh, um my foundation, mm, mm, mm. You know? and I did some stuff in NIDA as well, the actor studio course and everything. And mm. yeah. Um, you mentioned the community, right? Um, what about the community do you really love that you that makes you want to stay in this industry? Look, then, <laughs> and now it's. Uh, what I liked about it then was, especially because I, I guess when I was in Canberra, it's, it's a smaller, um, uh, a smaller community, but uh, they really want to help each other do stuff, and it's a very mm. positive community. Like they'll lend a hand into each other in, in order doing things and and creating things, and uh, uh, you start realizing that uh, the the best way of um, showing humanity or showing anything in society is through. Um, storytelling, and I didn't, I don't, I don't even know that that whole speech we all do as actors and creators. I didn't know that speech, but now I'm doing it all the time. Now, <laughs> you know, I'm a storyteller. You know, like, yeah, yeah. but I'm doing it all the time. But I actually, fuck, I actually believe in it now. I really do believe in it now, and um, and I, and I, I wanted to be involved in that. Mm. Um, I guess I have a story to tell. You know, and I guess most creators are the same sort of thing. Like they hide behind the. Um, I guess they hide behind their books and they're in their rooms. Uh, growing up, they're alone or something. But they have developed all these things that they want to either not lash out on the world, but th- just clear their minds of things. And I think there's one way of doing it is one is acting or one is writing or one is um, painting, mm-hmm. singing, mm-hmm. poetry. You know, that's 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 all expression of uh, uh, um, a person's, um, I guess, isolation. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's what I love about the community, like um, just people helping each other and out and, um, and positivity. Like, I mean, look at the workplaces. Like if you go, if people have in, in, in 
in Australia or any a lot of little places around the world, there's n- people work nine to five, mm. and they just see the. <laughs> I mean, they have great money. They make great money, hundred percent. But they, they see the life go pass by, you know, and they just buy a house, they have a family, have kids, and all of a sudden they're 60, 70 years old, and holy shit, like, how much of the soul have you got left? Mm, mm, mm. You know. So I thought, let me dip my toe into this. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was immersed in it. Mm, mm, and um, yeah, it's been good. It's been it's been a good journey, and um. I mean, of course, it, with any industry, like I guess now I'm part of the industry. You know, when you get in an industry which has uh, commerce around it now, you mm. know, and uh, that comes with politics and it comes with all those all those issues. So, um, hence the podcast, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that um, when you talk about the community that are helping each other and they're so positive, mm. to be honest, I totally see that in you. Right. You know, I mean, you came to me with this idea um, and in the other projects that we've worked on, Mm. you've always been about creating a community and helping Mm. them out. Mm. So, Mm. you know, congratulations on (laughs) doing what you preach and and being part of what you find so uh, wonderful about the community, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Like, I I think I got to, when I was at the institution uh, uh, doing my performing arts degree, I realized that, you know, there are people more like more people like me, who I guess started the journey a bit late, or anywhere in the journey where they're just struggling. Or, uh, and I guess this is we have to give back. Mm. You have to give back. You know, I, I, I realize that um, I'm starting to realize a lot of people in our community don't. Like, they do give back, but they're not always happy. Right. Uh, because it because of a competitive environment. Yeah. Because I guess we need to live. I mean, the Australian government don't ex- exactly support us, you know, at its full extent. I guess now then we become competitive for parts and mm. uh, for um, uh, uh, for any grants yeah for grants or whatnot, you know. So, um, I, I look. I used to box. I used to box, and um, I come. I, a lot of my friends are um, in the fight the fight sort of community and stuff and and I watch a lot of UFC and I watch a lot of boxing and stuff and you just see after every single fight they really respect each other and they they hug and they really respect each other mm. right and they're really proud of each other I mean they, they they did the most brutalist riskiest thing in the world like they like an end of the fight they hug mm. you watch every, they, they even cried grown men crying mm. out of respect right mm. you don't see that in our community as much i think i had this theory back in high school <clears throat> because the rugby boys we would uh, we had other schools that we would play against sure. and after the game mm. because it's so physical sure. we would all hang out and have a barbecue or whatever but we never saw that same kind of community amongst the um football team and the other school's football team or basketball and the other bo- basketball team, I think it's got something to do with being able to be so physical mm. with your opponent mm. that you're able to work out all of that difficulty together that mm. you can't in, say, basketball and football where you're mm. not allowed to foul or hit yep. other people. Yep. Maybe we need to have a big melee between all the actors to work out their shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Just have them beat Kate Blanchett, being the crap out of Robin <laughs> Nevin, and you know, like how good would that be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Neill, Sam just Neill jumping and taking down Richard Roxburgh. 
Yeah, uh, I guess I guess yeah, that'll be good. Like a, like a sp- it'll become a sport. Like it's a, it's a team sport, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do you play? He's a team team sport, yeah. isn't it? Like, well, imagine. I guess you know it, because because our industry is so full of presentation and two facedness. You know, mm. you never you always competing, but you often don't even know who you're competing against, right. and it makes it so much more difficult because you can't physicalize that yeah. that stress and that anxiety. Imagine yeah. if you had to fight to the death for every role. Every like role. literally yeah. they just gave you a sword and you had to like fight with people or or you actually had plays that plays would just go Hamlet versus, you know, Macbeth. whatever. You know, yeah. just like have two of the armies just come together and yeah. just like fight the crap out of each other and whoever wins gets to play for a whole season, you know. That'd be great. And the root oh, you earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you earned it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. that'd, be, that'd be great. Absolutely. Instead of this kind of, oh, we got a really good, we got a four star review from whoever. Like, oh, we got a four point five star review. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, ultimately, like, who, like, I guess reviews do matter cause to sell tickets. But like, like for example, if to get a to get an acting gig to mm. get a job. Right, and they say if you are on computer, same thing, competing for the same role, for example, which mm. will probably not happen. Well, you never know. But like, once again, we just did that. Like, it would never happen. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like it could happen. It could. It, it should. It should happen. Like, yeah, yeah, should be yeah. That's true. That's true. And 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 if you get it, if you get it over me, um, I, oh, congratulations, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Thanks. Oh, yeah, oh, I did, didn't really. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then then. They'll pretty much stop there. Then you think about it. Then I'll be like, fuck, you know, I messed up that monologue. Or what do you think? Nah, maybe he knows someone, you know? I don't yeah, know. yeah, <laughs> it's all that. I, I didn't do the training I, I or, the, you know, and oh, no, no. <laughs> like you made me yeah. go, whatever it yeah. is, you know, like, yeah. but it, it shouldn't be that. I should be actually really happy for it. Cause like, if you get better, if you get better as an actor, it should push me as well as an actor as in, our, in our community. Well, I guess we're, you're right. It is one community together. So it's like nobody's losing, mm. you know? And we're all doing better work together and helping each other get better to do better things. Mm. It shouldn't have the mindset but a very capitalist kind of idea where, well, if this one goes up, then the other one has to come down, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, because we live in a capitalist society, it, it, it ends up having that bent where we, mm. they force us to compete against each other. Mm. When really we should be collaborating and and working together and finding new avenues and stuff and be and be happy with um, or be content that you may not get a certain role or may not get it and maybe it's for some maybe you, you uh, everyone I think roles do come to people like uh, in a way you know and um, but yeah we should happy be happy for each other and I think a lot of it sometimes comes down to identity right. because identity our identity gets wrapped up in our our performance and because we're so uh, anxious and nervous about it, when there's an attack on it, we feel it quite hard, Mm. you know? Um, There was, there's an actor who um, he's, I think he's the actor in, who plays Flash Thompson in the new Spider-Man films, Um, the bully. Anyway, Mm. um, he, he's South Asian. Mm. And so he read, uh, Life of Pi very early on right. and thought, I am the perfect actor for this. There's no one you can get better to do this role. He even like flew out to, I think he grew up in the States and flew out to India, did a lot of research, was super ready. And then when they had the film come out, 
mm. you know, for casting. He was like, I, I am the best person for this job. He didn't get hired. And he kind of spent his whole life mm. built around this one acting role. And he wrote a book about it. Right. He wrote a book about kind of surviving, not getting cast by that. And I think that's fascinating mm-hmm. um, that it's kind of dangerous to tie up your identity in your abilities or what you can and cannot do because as soon as that comes under question or mm-hmm. becomes attacked, mm-hmm. your very identity gets attacked. Right, right. And so much of that, you know, you could you could argue that identity politics is a huge factor in a lot of what we do right now in this world yeah. in relation to the U.S. elections and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's suddenly you can't have an argument until as soon as you have an argument, you're arguing against somebody's identity. Yeah. So suddenly it's core to them yeah. and they, they all, they're willing to suspend facts and beliefs yeah. you know, over what they feel. Yeah. Well, what, it, we've got to find that book out and probably put a link or something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We should, I wish yeah. I knew more about it. I wish I'd read it. Well, we'll have to read it now. Absolutely. I'm wondering, um, you've, so you've, you've done a lot and you've come from, you've come from a background of commerce, mm and then gone and, and kind of developed your career in this industry. Mm. Um, did you, or who did you start looking up to? Who were your kind of role models along the way? Whether that be in the immediate community we have or the wider community of the artistic community of the whole world. Oh, right. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, look, I, I guess the way I look at things is that I, I sort of... Um, I, I take bits and things from people. Like mm. I, I see certain uh, nice qualities. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put that in my pocket. You know, I wouldn't use that or whatever, you know? Um, so there's a few friends of mine. Um, and I mean, uh, not, look, uh, let me use this podcast, for example. Mm. Right? Okay. Mm. This podcast is, um, it's coming from um, what my, for what my grandfather was. Right. So my my grandfather in India, he uh, when he was seventeen years old, he started an organization to help um, the Aboriginals in India, right? So um, he he started that as a, you know to help them out with their um, land disputes or whatever there is, right? Um, and it's called the um, Gandhian theology like you know well it's not i shouldn't do that but that's what it was it's a gandhian way you know Mm -hmm. and so that's that's sort of lineage sort of i come from yeah great and i'm like you know i guess i I want to do something like that and and that Mm. sort of comes easy for me because my grandfather was that and i'm okay to forego other things to help and see if i can assist other people Mm. um so that's where I guess that's where it's from, you know. For example, my father's my uh, my grandfather is um, in a way my mentor or mm. uh, someone I've all looked up to. Probably in the industry. Um, um, recently, I've been watching a lot of stuff on Joel Edgerton. He's he's fantastic, you know. Yeah. And um, in terms of career wise, I, I like his career. You know, mm. he's done a range of different things, and somehow he's like slipped through uh, the Hollywood sort of stars and that kind of stuff and he's doing his thing um i love um uh, my favorite actor in india from india his name is nazuddin shah and he's a fantastic actor and and i wanted someone to look up to who who looked like me and and could still do everything and, and i guess i can look up to him as well you know and it's also my 
mum loves him as well, so <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. How about you? Um, I guess it was, it, it, it still is to a certain extent, but, but less now. But it used mm. to be very much my number one was Christopher Nolan. Mm. Um, as somebody who writes and directs, mm. um, I really loved his cerebral approach to mm. films. Mm. Um, and I kind of looked at his, the way that he had come up. Mm. Um, and he had actually done um, a Bachelor of Arts mm. in English, not film studies. Right. Although he started a film appreciation community at his college in mm. England. And then spent a whole year filming his first film, Following, um, which they only shot on weekends because everybody had day jobs. Mm. Um, and he spent all his money on um, celluloid and developing that. And then when he did that, um, he sent that to film festivals. It got accepted to a small film festival. Mm. Well, I say small, but like not not a not one that you know it's not Sundance or whatever. Yeah. Um, and still, from that, he had the script for Memento ready. Mm. And so then uh, the, he met a producer there, uh, got in touch, they developed Memento and then so oh. on and so forth. Right. Um, but I love how he's um, able to do these very, very big ambitious blockbusters and still have a very intellectual um, thought process running through them. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... Uh, the problem was most recently with Tenet. No. I was that was to me like I I I was I I am a Christopher Nolan fanboy. Yeah, yeah. But when Tenet came out, I was just like, I felt betrayed. I honestly felt betrayed by Christopher Nolan. I felt that he he had he had missed the mark. Really? Yeah, which was really hard for me to admit. I, I don't want to hear that because I'm a senior, yet, but I want to, I want to go watch it still. Ah, okay, okay. Every, everyone like some of the people have said that same thing. You know, they feel betrayed or. Yeah. I guess a lot of people sort of had a mixed feeling about the same sort of way for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen that. Okay. I'm waiting to see that. Yeah, right. Okay. I, I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it. But yeah. I guess I didn't grow up in that era. So, that, that, so people who saw all that happen, for them it's more, I guess, it resonates to them more. Right, yeah. right. So you think um, it's a generational thing? It could be a generation, but I could I appreciate the filming of it. I I, yeah. I, I, I like the film. Um, I guess people who have seen that happen in real life can appreciate both things: the actual story line and uh, the filming. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know. So, um, let, let me put that back onto you. Like, um, what's your, what's your uh, artistic journey? My artistic journey. Um, that started. Um, really early, actually. Um, for some reason, I guess um, my my parents knew that I was interested in acting mm. at an early age because I remember when I was like about twelve, they were like, "Oh, um, they're doing a community production of um, uh, what do you call it? Oliver Twist." Oliver Twist, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, we'll get you in for the audition or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, that's what I want to do. Mm. So I went in and auditioned for it, and because it's the musical, it was a musical. So mm. They asked me to sing a song, and I had been. This was in the Philippines, so I was going with this British school. So I had a, I had a 
the beginnings of a British accent. Yeah, yeah. And I just went in and I was quite young and I just did, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> and the fact that I could just keep on going through the whole thing without like breaking down out of shyness or whatever, they were like, holy cow. Um, well, we've already cast our Oliver, but you could totally be the Artful Dodger. So I was the Artful Dodger um, mm. in this production. Right. Um, and it was great. It was really fun. Um, and I kept on doing productions all throughout high school and whatnot. Sure. Um, we traveled to uh, Singapore. We performed there. Um, and um, and then once I had graduated, I came down to the Australia to start Bachelor of Arts um, in English and Film Studies. Uh, but I kept on coming back to the school and I helped assistant direct their other performances. Um, went to Short and Sweet mm. um, in Sydney. Mm. Um, and um, started writing, directing short films, mm. putting them into festivals, writing longer pieces, mm. um, and starting my own um, theatre company. Right. Um, and then we've got our improv troupe as well. They've done really well. Mm. Um, and yeah, and along the way, I studied a little bit with Kevin Jackson Hub Studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> great, great. Um, <coughs> uh, Sam Haft. Um, at the Sydney Actors Association, um, and yeah, did the um, NIDA Open Actors Studio for a year. Me too. Um, so, oh, did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I really enjoyed that. We had some, we had um, really great uh, uh, teachers. We had uh, uh, Gareth Holcomb, um, Anna Johnston, and. Uh, Becca Johnson. Becca Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's they, awesome. She's incredible. She is awesome. She like she helped me discover a few things I'd never known about myself. So it's great. Yeah. Like about yeah. my acting uh things I had to crack. She's always talking about the uh um I remember she said to me once, she said, uh um there's one key that you need to sh- uh to sort of polish and sharpen that will open up the door for your successes. And then and then and my key was um for example, my voice is is, is to uh, continually work on my articulation. Right. Yeah. Um, she said that if you work on that, um, uh, you that you you'll be more successful. Mm, yeah, that's mm. what it was. And and I've, I've been like I I started off when I was acting and I it was like I, I grew up with. With, with mates who grew up in hip hop culture and stuff, and so we never finish our sentences and everything, you know. Right. And like we talk like this, you know, like it's always like you know, real fast, you know, and it's almost like American, but it's not American, but you know, then it's, it's you know, and so, and also, I guess a lot of us speak that way either through uh, insecurities, whatever, or you know, but then since I started acting and I learned about that, I had to knuckle down every time I speak was trying to say every single word properly, correctly, mm. you know. Mm. Um, it's a constant journey. Yeah, no, it's, absolutely. It's like, you know, um, and sometimes, uh, and for me, I was I was so like, I guess egotistical in a way, like I didn't want to admit that I was um, talking wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but like, no, not wrong, that's the wrong way to say, but like incorrectly, like you want to be heard, you yeah. know, you want to be heard. Yeah. Every single word, so my current struggle that I'm working on is connecting with the other person in an acting scene because I'm more, 
I, I guess I come from that directing background, so I'm more obsessed with how is it supposed to look like? What is it, you know, what is my character supposed to, what are the vibes he's supposed to give off and what is it supposed to happen rather than actually looking at the other actor and reading them and trying to change them. That's my thing that I've been working on. To reading them and changing them? Yeah, you know, instead of... It got to the point where I would memorize the script <coughs> and I could act without somebody else. Like I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't need somebody else there. And it would sound exactly the same as if you put somebody in front of me, which is not a good way to act. No. If, if, if you can remove the other actor, it's a really bad way As my old teacher used to say, it's, a, it's a, uh, a social art form. Yes, yes. So my performance needed to be in the moment and it needed to be um, accepting of what the other person's giving me and, mm. and, and, and that kind of thing. Instead of, oh, I'm going to say it this way and then I'm going to say that that way and then I'm going to do that and then I'm going to do this and it completely immune to what the other person's going to mm. give me. So what, what are you doing to uh, mend that or to rem me, remedy that rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, it's like, um, it's part of it is doing more improv, mm -hmm. but also in improv, I always have backup plans upon backup plans. So, you know, it's kind of prepared for the worst. But um, it's about doing scenes, trying to work through the dialogue, but then when it comes down and just taking my time and right. sitting with the other person and letting them affect me and, and trying to affect them rather than having these built-in checkpoints that I need to hit in the script. Okay. But it's more about practice, I suppose. Mm. Uh, I think improv also helps you to um, get out of your head. Mm. And um, because I guess um, you tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong because you're more improv specialist. Like um, when you're doing improv, I guess you have to accept all offers and not, yeah, and you got to give offers. So mm, I guess mm. you're focused on accepting and giving, yeah, as opposed to always accept. Uh, uh, think about the lines, yeah. So I guess you can implement that into when you do have to learn lines mm, to exactly. offer a uh, a movement or a gesture or something. You know. mm, 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 yeah, for sure. Yeah. So oh, um, so what else? So I know uh, I came to your. Uh, I can to to watch two of your plays that you wrote. Is mm, that correct? Mm, mm. Um, well, one of them, one of them, we we <coughs> improvised about a year ago, mm. or two years ago maybe. And then a friend of mine, Atlas Adams, and I, we kind of edited it, edited it, edited it into the <laughs> form it is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so I definitely did have a hand in it, and I was one of the people who improvised. Was the other one? That was the Mona Lisa Five. The oh, man, I Man, that was so good. That was really good. You know, I told you that night. I said, "That's you know, like, like you, you watch a certain thing and like, and you, and you told me that was you guys were shooting a film, right? Yeah, that's for a yeah, film, yeah, right. Yeah. But then he, he put that on, onto a stage, mm, mm. dude. It worked great on the stage. Thank you. And while I was watching, I was watching that with my partner, and uh, we were like, I was just saying to dude, this is the di like dialogue is so good. I, I guess and. Um, I guess that's probably the hardest part. Is, for you, is dialogue the hardest part? No, no, structure. Structure okay. will take, oh my goodness. We've, I've had so many, pro, uh, so many um, pieces of writing that have stalled because of structure. Right. Yeah. Because you kind of want it to go one way, but it needs to go another way. And then you have to like try and massage it to go in that other way. Or you try and plot out the structure at the beginning and it just does, it just feels artificial. Mm. Mm. 
I think structure is the hardest thing. And yet it's the thing that we have the most, well, I would, I think we have the most writing on people writing books, doing um, videos or podcasts, explaining structure, you know? So yeah, the thing that I'm currently working on is I've got an idea for a film in the back of my head that I'm looking at doing, right. but right now it's working on structure. It's right. like, what is the arc of the character? You know, like what, what's going to happen to this person? <coughs> so you, so how many edits do you think you go through for for say for example your the play that you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, how many edits did you go through? Are you are you still going through edits? Uh, yes. In, yes. Yeah. But they're usually just minor adjustments, or you're you doing big chunks of big. We're going to change for the Mona Lisa Five in particular. Right. Um, we're going to do I think big chunks. We're gonna. We want to keep the dialogue. Yeah. But there's certain things that because it was improvised, we didn't we didn't plan things in our head so specifically mm. about what's going to happen. Some things came really naturally, which was wonderful. But we kind of want to replicate those things. So, for example, the the one thing was kind of we kind of would like every character to have a journey through the mm. the piece. Mm. Currently, the only real journey that happens is is one of the characters, Bertie. He kind of goes from. Um, this kind of, um, he, he, he does quite a lot. He kind of starts as this uh, very um, uh, yeah, yeah, brave yeah. kind yes. of guy, um, very upfront, and then he has this big emotional kind of letdown, um, and then he finally kind of resolves and, and gives in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, we kind of want that change to happen with all of them, ideally. Like, that would be really rich, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what we're looking at. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of projects coming up. Um, and hopefully we'll be hearing about a lot of other people's projects as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, so I guess we've got to clear up on um, just on what we're going to do with uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the int- um, people we're going to have on for interviews mm. uh, on our podcast. Um I, I'm, I'm look. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm going to be hopefully going to watch a lot of plays and films and whatever, and see if I can uh, get people involved and um, and you know see if people can give some sort of tips and um, and some advice to other people in listening on not just acting but all kinds of creative avenues and 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 see if they can help out in any, any way. Um, so I, I guess it'd be very beneficial. So that's that's for me. That's the big part of our podcast. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should be um, helping out the community, giving back, bringing people up front, um, and letting people know about them, and then also learning from them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So, I guess we'll just uh, finish up here. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, the debut. Yeah. of our Chookers podcast so uh, thanks very very much for everyone for listening in and and Chookers uh, everyone and Chookers um, and uh, we shall uh, see you on the next one bye bye